0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn dot com slash recommend today. Blessed greetings and love, Doctor Dread. Welcome to Bob Radio.
2: How you doing? You know, I'm still giving thanks in these difficult times.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, Doctor Dredd is a prolific um, record producer. I uh, he headed Ross Records for many, many years, and um, been involved in reggae music for. How long have you been involved in reggae music, Dr. Dredd?
2: Well, I first got turned on to reggae in 1973 when I listened to Bob Marley's Catch a Fire and The Harder They Come soundtrack, mm-hmm. and then I went on the radio in 1980 and took on the name Dr. Dredd, and I started Ross Records in 1983.
0: Awesome, awesome stuff, right. And you guys know the catalog of Ross Records is very extensive, very deep catalog, and uh, you guys can check all that out. But right now, uh, um, Dr. Dredd, you have a brand new project. It just got released. I just got the vinyl of it. Uh, the Whalers featuring Euroi, My Cup runneth Over. Um,
2: well, like 50 years ago, when the Whalers did some recordings for Lee Scratch Perry, you know, I felt these were some of the best Bob Marley and the Wailers recordings ever made. It was real tough reggae from the ghettos of Kingston, and you know, it really talked about what was happening in the whole Rude Boy era and everything like that in Jamaica. Right. On, so right on. you, Roy, did a version with the Whalers back then of Trenchtown Rock, and the Whalers released that on their label called Tough Gong. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point in the 1990s, my company, Ross Records, was purchased by Sanctuary Records. that had purchased the Trojan record catalog out of England. Okay, So Trojan Records had put out all these Bob Marley and the Whalers records that Lee Scratch Perry produced. So I had the idea of going in and having you, Roy, toast or rap on all these other songs you know that Lee Perry had done with the Wailers and Sanctuary gave me the permission to do this so I went to Jamaica and got Uroy in the studio and we like ripped through you know 14 songs in you know a few hours and oh. Uroy was he was just on fire man he was loving it oh yeah and we had, we had Buddy Whaler in the studio too, cause Buddy and I are super close. We're like brothers, and, you know, he's the only surviving Whaler right now. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. Was loving it, and he was like, Dr. Dread, oh boy, this should have been done 50 years ago, man. <laughs> so, I mean, mm-hmm. the vibes were so great, and I think you, Roy, did a great job. Mhm. And you know, I'm very proud of the record, you know. Uh you know, I came up with the title My Cup Runneth Over and mm-hmm. I really that's how I'm feeling right now about this record.
0: It's it's a it's a super awesome record and you know to be producing Bob Marley 50 years later with you Roy and like going back to that style of from from Soul Rebel is really really cool and you got a whole bunch of dub on there too, yeah.
2: Yeah, the funny thing is I, I like, played it for certain people who are, you know, they've been in the reggae business 50 years, and I, I made up a story that this this was recorded 50 years ago, and these tapes, you know, were, like, hidden away, mm-hmm. and I bring them out, and they actually believed me, because <laughs> it, it, the style of the music and how we mixed it, and blended in you Roy it does sound like it is from 50 years ago it doesn't so, sound know, overdubbed
0: we, it definitely doesn't sound overdubbed it sounds like it was yeah. Like organic you
2: know? yeah and and we left a lot of the dub in the songs and we wanted it to sound like you know it would have sounded had it been made 50 years ago
0: very awesome very awesome very awesome so you guys can get the vinyl y'all so I have the digital digital versions yeah
2: yeah, in fact, there's many more songs digitally mm-hmm. than just the 12 songs that are on the album.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, so you got to do it. Sometimes i got to buy the vinyl and the digital. I do that all the time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, or, or, or you can always stream it, you know. Right, right, you guys
0: can stream that out. Stream that out. Yeah. So my couple are over, you, Roy, and the Wailers, original Lee Scratch Perry and Bob Marley Tapes production the whole thing redone in a 2020 style so definitely check that out okay you guys so um dr dread if they wanted to find out more about you where would they find you on social media so we can we, let's get that out there so we before we get into the next part of the interview we have a little time
2: uh, what is the social media you're referring to i've never <laughs> well, so to the be carlos I, i'm not a real big social media technology person okay i'm getting better okay i do have a facebook um you know but I, i really more just focus you know in the physical world
1: okay
0: all right so where um so is this available online is there a place where they can go online to get this
2: well i know you can get it from amazon Okay. And I know that a lot of independent record stores are handling the vinyl.
0: Okay, good, good, good.
2: And then, you know, places like Apple and Spotify and all those different things, you know, you can find the music there as well.
0: Very cool, very cool, very cool. All right. So um, that's awesome stuff. One day, you did the whole thing on fire in one take in one day. That's that's so amazing, so amazing. Yeah. He was there
2: and... Cool. He he told me originally, like Dr. Dread, I'm gonna need a few days, you know, maybe I can do five songs in a day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every time he'd finish a song and I would say, Here, come and listen to it. You know, come see hear how it sounds mm-hmm. he'd like, No man, run the next track <laughs> And he just like I say just ripped through it, man. Awesome. It was great, great vibes.
0: You know, and you, Roy, is coming from the original sound system days, you know, and that's and that's, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, uh, when you were went to Jamaica, and when you first went to Jamaica, when did you first go to Jamaica?
2: I first went to Jamaica in 1977.
0: So you had, so you went to Jamaica before you went on the radio?
2: I did, basically, I got turned on to Jamaica culture, I really connected with what, Bob Marley had to say and about the whole Rastafari lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I let my hair dread up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I actually took three months and walked across the island of Jamaica. Oh, wow. How I really got to know Jamaican people and the country. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm more at home in Jamaica than I am in the United States. Okay. And I was just there recently in January, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I love the people there. I love the vibes. So you know, I really got exposed to Jamaica in that first three months trip that I spent there.
0: That is so cool. That was so cool. We're, we're, we're going to get back to that. But I have a similar experience. I went down to Jamaica to find out more about Rastafari and reggae music, and I did a bike trip. Took my surfboard down there, and, and we did a pilgrimage. From uh, well, truck back and with however we could get truck back was the only truck back and bus was the only way we could get the bikes and the surfboards onto the onto uh to where we were going. We were going from uh, Lucy to um, Saint Thomas to do some surfing out in Saint Thomas. Wow! So oh, I mean, so we, I you know I traveling across the country as a sufferer you know on in the truck back and stuff. you really get to know the country traveling yeah, through jamaica uh, from one end to the other so that is really cool stuff
2: i never i never knew you did that carlos <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i did that i did cool. that early That's 90s cool. um nice um so you went you went there in 1977 and did you ever get to meet did you meet bob marley when you went there or did was it a mission just vacationing what was was it business what was going on
2: well, I met him subsequently. I've got a great photograph of Bob and I together that I now have hanging up in my antique store in Calistoga, California.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, no, I, I didn't really... I, it was more of a, a spiritual mission to connect with Rasta and the whole culture. And, I mean, I was really taken with Jamaican music. Mm-hmm. But, no, I kind of just had my backpack and you know lived here and lived there and stayed in a place in the grill for a month and I settled Hey I don't hey. happen there Carlos what I just happened? It
0: happened. yeah so you, you had a backpack you had a backpack you stayed in
2: the grill backpack and I stayed in the grill for about a month and then I wanted to go up to the Blue Mountain Peak Mm-hmm. And ended up in Little Hope Bay in Port the Port Antonio Portland area. Mm-hmm. I know. And it. lived there for a while, and uh, you know, I just got real comfortable with living in Jamaica and being there. So, kind of dropped everything and just went to Jamaica for three months.
1: Awesome! I
0: love it. That's amazing. So you really, you really do get to know Jamaica, and then, of course, you are into Rastafarian culture and all that stuff, and. That's uh, it's a great way to understand. And that. while I
2: was, 7, Carlos started collecting 45 rpm records. Mm-hmm. So I would little towns, and they would tell me, "Oh, so and so used to have a record store, and he still got a bunch of records." Ah. I was just buying and collecting these really rare 45s, and mm. when I got back to the states. You know, years later, somebody said, you know, you were very, so I approached a station in Washington, D.C., where I was living, and I had a great collection of music, and the guy, you know, said, sure, you can start Sunday night. So that's when the show Night of the Living Dread was born, and, and I would... gave for three hours, every Sunday night in Washington, D.C.
0: So you were playing the records that you got on your cross-country on your cross country hike yeah. on the station.
2: How awesome is that? It was cool, man. That is
0: so cool. That is so cool. So did you get exposed to sound system culture?
2: Yeah, you know, early on I would go to see, like, Ja Love was my favorite, mm. you know, Brigadier B mad that, and... It was more of a uh, you know uh, spiritual, twelve tribes of Israel kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that is that's that was one of the top sounds that when I was when I was um, went down to Jamaica and in those early days. Jah Love everybody yeah. was talking about Ja Love sound system, and of yeah, course
2: we have really all, the, all nice the vibes. Bands. And I loved I loved the selection and the music they would play. Mm-hmm. A lot, so, yeah. of right. It's breaking up a little bit. Brigadier Jerry's one of my favorite DJs of all time. Yes, yes, so yes. So it was interesting because Briggy would never record any records for anybody. He, and you, so you had to, like, get cassette tapes mm. of them for five in the, the dance halls. Really? Yeah. And, and people would collect these love cassettes and... You know, at one point after I'd started Ross Records, his people came to me and said, "We want you to release the first album ever by Brigadier called Jamaica Jamaica." Mm-hmm. And this was like a huge honor for me to have been selected to put out Brigadier. <laughs>
0: that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So he was, yeah. you know, he was great. He was great at chanting over the mic. You know, so before we get into chanting over the mic and a little deeper. Um, I'm doing this uh, series of interviews about dub. And uh, so, Dr. Dredd, what does dub mean to you?
2: Well, basically, dub is where in the studio, you know, you've got a mixing board with, you know, up to 24 tracks uh, and vocals. And then you're adding effects to the different track. And it's like a whole... Oral exploratory place where you go to, where, you know, you're changing up the music and dubbing it out. And, uh, you know, from King Tubby days, you know, who was one of the early inventors of dub, mm-hmm. you know, I always really loved the whole dub vibe. And I got pretty good at doing and dubbing music in the studio myself. Mm-hmm. And Ross Records would always release dub versions of the albums we put out. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And and what's so cool about dub is you know the B side of all the forty fives that would come out would be a dub version. Hmm. Dub versions, which were you know fundamentally instrumental versions of the song with the little vocal splashed in there is what they would use in the dance halls to have these DJs rap over, toast over the music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a fact that this is what was the genesis of what is now known as hip-hop and rap music. Yeah. It all started in Jamaica on dub versions, and King Herc, you know, went to the Bronx from Jamaica... And he started doing it at parties in New York, and then other Americans started doing it, and all of a sudden, you know, rap music was blowing up. But it all came out of Jamaica.
0: I got a, I got an interesting question for you. That I was talking to my uh, friend. Now we understand sound systems to be as a guy with one turntable. Well, now it's modern. If you don't see a DJ with two turntables or two decks, it looks weird, right? Right. Back I, in the day, back in the day, it was just one turntable, right? Before in many cases. Cases. In, yeah. in, in many cases. Now, I was asking my friend Mikey Assassin from Brooklyn. You may know him, Demolition Music. a sounds a big system, sound system out there. Um, I said, so Mikey, when did when did two turntables come about? You Because know, these guys were all playing with one turntable. And he's like, well, when Cool Hurt went to the United States, and they wanted to extend the, the break beat – so they would have two turntables to keep to extend the beat, and that's when two turntables came in, and the two turntable fashion of DJing came from the United States back to Jamaica. Do you, what, 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 do you, what do you think about that?
2: Well, I think it sounds true. Yeah,
0: because that, yeah, because I mean, because right now in Europe, these selectors are only using one turntable. A lot of them, when they go to these big like dub sessions like Jatubbies and uh, King Shiloh and, uh, you know, Iration Stepper and Abhashanti and Jashaka, they only use one turntable.
2: Yeah. You know, and... and Well, again, again, it's all about the music. mm -hmm. You know, it's not not about the technology. Right. So, you know, if it's only one turntable, but you got some slamming tunes, Mm -hmm. you know... you're gonna get the crowd all excited they don't care if there's a a second while you're rapping on the mic and you're flipping a record right
0: right 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 no it's just a different style it's just a different style and and i was just curious because it went from like really like playing and playing the flip side and having your dj and stuff to being like to juggling like to juggling rhythms when when you know a rhythm collection would come out it became who could beat Beat match the best and and keep the keep that vibe going without interruption or you know a big pull up at the beginning and restart the stuff and and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's that's real Jamaican culture, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's amazing. I love I love hearing that. About- did you did you ever meet King Tubby?
2: Yeah, man. I met Tubby. In fact, the first album I ever put out. Was by Peter Broggs. It was called Rastafari Live It.
0: Awesome record.
2: And I took the cover photograph of Peter Broggs. You know, when I started my company, I had no money. I was just scraping it together to make my first album with Peter Broggs. Mm-hmm. And I took the cover photograph at Tubby Studio.
0: Oh, man. That is awesome. Rest in peace. Peter Bog, really true. cool guy. I, I met him in Montego Bay in the parking lot. trying to sell me Rastafari Far." I live it. <laughs> 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 His whole yeah. collection of records. He was trying to sell. He's a really fun, fun guy. He's super yeah. awesome. And then yeah. you know, and then you 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 worked. We worked hand in hand with all the producers because they some of the art production labels wanted to release their music through Ross Records.
2: That's true. So I would produce some things myself. And then I would license things, you know, from basically all the different producers in Jamaica.
0: Awesome. Joe Gibbs, King Jamies, everybody?
2: Yeah, man, everybody. Because, you know, we're all in this together. And Ross Records was serious about promoting reggae, you know, through the whole world.
0: Yeah, no, no, it was, it was great because... I used to love to leaf through the Ross records catalogs. I was like, I want that record and I want that record and I want
2: that record. You know, Ross, Ross stands for real authentic sound. Yeah. So That was really what I was after was trying to bring that real authentic sound from Jamaica to the rest of the world.
0: And and I think, um, I think we're going to get back more and more into the real authentic sound of, of, uh, reggae music in, in Jamaica. And, um, You know, I think uh, this downtime is a lot of fluffy stuff, kind of like you know, it's kind of got exposed as being fluffy, and the music that has stayed true in reggae music are some of these very old songs with the true message, and that are going to keep on playing forever. Some of the stuff that, you know, was released last year played last year, and that's all all, all, that's the only time it's ever going to play. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. (laughs) So, um you know, you put a big hand in uh, Spreading Roots Reggae Music and some of the cultural dance hall stuff, so really awesome stuff. Thanks for taking time to talk to us about your new record, My Cup Runs Over, and your and your history in reggae music, and
2: that's what's going on. Well, so I also want to thank you for continuing, you know, to keep the cultural and the positive reggae music happening in that San Diego area, and you know, I I know you personally, and I know what a good person you are. So you know, I'm I'm just give thanks that you know what you're doing to keep the music going and everything else you're doing as well.
0: Right on, man. Thank you so much, man. So um, we look forward to more work from you. You got something else up up your sleeve after this?
2: Yeah, I do, but I can't, I'm not gonna, you know, let you know about it until i'm ready all right yeah
0: when the doctor comes up behind the curtain we'll know i've
2: got other things i'm working on
0: cool 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 all right well thanks again dr Dredd. enough
1: love you know
2: all right carlos yeah you take care and everybody out there stay blessed stay positive and you know do your best to love each other and to help each other